Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. A couple of weeks ago, I was driving home from school and listening to sports talk radio like I usually do, and a commercial came on and they asked this question, are you drowning in debt? So it's a commercial for a debt consolidation company, and they asked, are you drowning in debt? And that made me think about something that happened in the last year where I was talking to one of my teachers, and they were behind on work and a lot of things going on, and I was talking to them, and this teacher said to me, I feel like I'm drowning in the deep end of the pool. And so I started thinking about that, and I want to talk to you t- today about what it means to be overwhelmed. And when I looked up the definition for overwhelmed, it actually means to be submerged, to be submerged as you would be in water. And I found a very interesting definition on a Talkspace blog, and it says that by definition, being overwhelmed means to be completely submerged by your thoughts and emotions about all of life's current problems to the point where you lack productivity and feel frozen or paralyzed. So let me hit you with that definition one more time. Being emotionally overwhelmed means to be completely submerged by your thoughts and emotions about all of life's current problems to the point where you lack productivity and feel frozen or paralyzed. So I want to just pause and ask you a question. Are you feeling overwhelmed as you try to lead your school? And the answer today might be different than the answer was a week ago Tuesday, but I think that we've all experienced being overwhelmed because we wear so many hats and we have such a complex job. And so I want to talk today about the eight ways to feel less overwhelmed at school. But I also want to reassure you that you're not alone. I've been there. You're Colleagues at other private schools have been there, and I can remember several years ago, one morning I woke up, and I was so overwhelmed with what I had to do that day and everything that was going on at school. I was so overwhelmed that I literally couldn't sit up in bed, and I think that all of us have been there at some point in time. So on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to talk about the eight ways to feel less overwhelmed at school. Number one, ride the wave of emotion. Number two, revisit your compelling why. Number three, more dopamine, less cortisol. Number four, do a brain dump. Number five, focus only on the next thing. Number six, build capacity, then delegate. Number seven, fill your tank daily. And number eight, talk to someone. So I want to acknowledge that me starting off with a list of eight things might be a little bit overwhelming for you as you listen to this episode of the podcast. And so I'm going to take good care of you. The show notes are at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 15. And I would just encourage you to just listen and just take it in. And then you can check out the show notes later. But before we jump into today's content, I would like to ask for a favor. You know that it's my mission to help private school leaders all over the world thrive at the schools that they serve, and I wonder if you can help me do that. Can you please rate and write a review for this episode, wherever you listen to your podcast? That rating helps the algorithm push 
it out as suggested to more leaders, and that means that we can accomplish our mission as more uh, leaders hear the podcast episode. So again, if you would be so kind as to just review this episode of the Private School Leader Podcast. And lastly, I also want to remind you that there are just a ton of free resources for you over at the privateschoolleader.com slash resources. Um, there are th at least three plug-and-play PDs for you, top 10 lists of leadership books, productivity books, TED Talks. There's a, also a guide there for you that I'll talk about later. But um, all of those resources are there for you at theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources. All right, so before we jump into the eight ways to feel less overwhelmed at school, I want to tell you a story, and this story is about you, and this story is about a day in the life of a private school leader. Tomorrow's work day really starts the night before. You start getting texts, staff starts calling off, you have trouble sleeping because you're trying to think, how will I cover these classes? You eventually fall asleep, but you have a restless night. You wake up to a text from another teacher calling off in the morning. You get to school, you do arrival duty to cover for one of those teachers that's out. You rush and just make it in time to make morning announcements. You finish off coverage by awkwardly asking three different teachers to cover a class during their prep periods. You'll be covering at least one class yourself. You get back to your office and you look at your to-do list and it's very long. You open up email and you see you've gotten 75 new unopened emails since the last time you looked at email last night. You scan it quickly. There's an email from a parent who's very concerned about her child's progress in math. There's an email from one of your teachers who's really concerned about a sixth grader who's shutting down and is probably because of the bitter divorce proceedings happening at home. You look up and you see a binder on one corner of your desk, and it's the accreditation recommendations that need to be implemented by the end of the semester. And on the other corner of your desk is a folder. It contains the budget forecast that you need to review before tomorrow night's board meeting. You reach for that folder, and just as your hand is about to touch the folder, your phone intercom buzzes, and your administrative assistant said, Mrs. Williams is here and wants to talk about something that happened at recess yesterday, and she seems pretty upset. And also, I hate to say this, but the board president is online too with a question, do you want me to take a message? And you sigh, and you look down, and you see on the corner of your, little com of your computer the little time, and it's 8.45 a.m., and I didn't mention the classroom observation that you already had to cancel the middle school meeting that didn't go well yesterday, the lunch and recess duties that you are going to need to cover, the safety committee meeting that you'll be 15 minutes late to, the hundreds of decisions that you'll make today, the teachers that need to talk, the students that need your attention, the parents that demand your attention, the bus duty that you need to cover, the middle school soccer game that you'll stop by for five minutes, then your kids, your spouse, dinner, homework, showers, lunches to be packed, and then you collapse in a heap of exhaustion just to do it all over again. That was 24 hours in the life of a private school leader. And I wonder if I described you or parts of that described you, or maybe only it described some days. Hopefully it's only some days and not every day.
But here's a question. How could any person have a day like this and get up and do it day after day, year after year? And the answer is you can't. The answer is you can't. You can't do this every single day and remain submerged and remain overwhelmed by your thoughts and emotions and be paralyzed and frozen and to lack productivity because you are so overwhelmed. And so today, I'm going to help you with that. We might not be able to change parts of our job, but I promise you that if you do even a couple of these strategies, that you will feel less overwhelmed at school. So let's get started. Number one is ride the wave of emotion. So I already said that the definition for overwhelmed means to be submerged. And you're submerged in your emotions. And some of those emotions are shame and guilt because you do all of the things that I mentioned in that day of, in the life of a private school leader. You do all of those things because you don't want to let people down. You don't want to let your teachers down. You don't want the parents to think that you're incompetent. You don't want your board president to think that you don't have it all together. And I just want to remind you of something. It is exhausting to pretend that you are not overwhelmed when you are. And I want you to come back to me for a second. I want you to hear this again. It is exhausting to pretend that you are not overwhelmed when you are overwhelmed. And so I want you to think about it in this way. And again, I took this from that Talkspace blog post, and I'll include that in the show notes. But I want you to think about the, instead of being submerged in the water with your emotions, and that the word overwhelming submerged, instead of being in the water and underneath the water, I want you to ride that wave of emotion and just think about being on a surfboard. Now, I've never surfed before, but I mean, I think you get the, you get the analogy that to reverse your overwhelmed thought processes and the feelings of unpredictability and complete despair, those things fuel your feeling of overwhelm. The unpredictability fuels the overwhelm. And so instead of being submerged, to just have that mindset shift where you're starting to ride those waves of emotion and you're staying on top of it. And I want to read you a quote from Gandhi. He said, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values, your values become your destiny. And I'm most interested in the first part of that, your thoughts become your words and your words become your actions. So our thoughts, we know that negative thoughts, they build up and they cause anxiety and they cause significant distress. I've been there. I've perseverated on um, negative thoughts and we need to stop those damaging thoughts before they become habitual ruminations. We need to stop perseverating on those negative thoughts, those anxiety-inducing thoughts by honestly asking ourselves, is this way of thinking, is it is it unreasonable? Is it unhelpful? And at the same time, to try to find alternative, more positive thoughts. And this isn't just me saying, okay, everything's fine, toxic positivity, like you can just flick a switch and all of a sudden turn your negative thoughts into positive thoughts. But it's really just assessing the fact that these thoughts are coming into your head and you can't do anything about that. But 
Are you ruminating on these thoughts? Are you perseverating on these thoughts over and over and over again and slowly slipping beneath the surface of the water? Or are you acknowledging that this is emotional work that we do and that emotions are going to be up and down and that you're on that surfboard and you're riding the wave of emotion? Okay, let's move on to the second strategy for how we're going to be less overwhelmed at school. And number two is revisit your compelling why. And I won't spend much time on this other than to encourage you to go back to listen to episode one, starting at six minutes and 34 seconds, and listen to the section on throwing starfish. There's a TED Talk by Simon Sinek called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And I mention and talk about in episode one how I was able to come up with my compelling reason why I am a private school leader, and I write it at the top of my task list every single day. And another thing I said in episode one is that no paycheck, no parent, no board president is going to be compelling enough reason for you to be successful as a private school leader, for you to actually thrive. There's no paycheck, no parent, no board president that's going to keep you from being submerged in emotional overwhelm. You need a strong, strong why. And so we need to revisit that strong why. And if you don't currently write your compelling why at the top of your task list, please go back and listen to episode one, start at six minutes and 34 seconds, and it'll explain everything there, how you can go ahead and um, how you can meditate on that, think about it, and you can articulate that why, and then write it at the top of your task list every day. Okay, let's go on to number three. Our third strategy is more dopamine, less cortisol. So you probably know that dopamine is a neurotransmitter. It's called the feel-good hormone. It's a chemical that helps send messages inside your brain. And when you're doing something pleasurable, the brain releases a large amount of dopamine. Cortisol, on the other hand, is a steroid hormone that helps your body deal with stress, your adrenal glands activate. And cortisol is good, but only in small doses. And we learned about fight or flight probably in middle school, um, middle school health class. And then several times after that, fight or flight, that acute stress, that traumatic event, the running away from the bear, but chronic stress also releases cortisol. And let's face it, our jobs come with chronic stress. And some of the really significant negative health consequences of prolonged high cortisol levels in the brain are impaired cognitive ability, high blood pressure, weight gain, reduced immunity, and diabetes. So how do we get more dopamine and less cortisol? All right, more dopamine. First thing that I want you to do is I want you to make a list of what energizes you the most at school. So in other words, your favorite things about your job, the things that when you do them, you really enjoy doing that. And so for me, I'll talk for a moment about <clears throat> during the pandemic that those the first year especially, but really those two really, really hard years where probably like, um, like your school, like our school was in person. And what I often said during that year is, is that the one hour of recess and lunch we have 30 minutes recess, 30 minutes lunch. 
and we did it outside as often as possible. We had outdoor lunch um, unless it was really cold. And that one hour a day, I would often say, got me through the next 23 hours because walking around, talking to the kids, talking to the teachers, um, just kind of hanging out and just making my way around, checking in with every teacher that had a recess duty and then every teacher that had a lunch duty. And that one hour, fresh air, sometimes sunshine, that one hour was the key for me to be able to get through the next 23 hours during the pandemic. But what about you? Is it interacting with the kids? Is it going into the kindergarten room and reading a story? Is it going up to the gym or over to the gym um, to the basketball game for even 30 minutes? So I want you to make a list and I want you to pick three things. And then I just want you to even take take one of those things um, and for 30 minutes a day. Now, 30 minutes a day, you're like, okay, hold on a second. I don't have time to do my job. I certainly don't have time to do something that takes 30 minutes a day. All right. Give me a second to try to convince you. First of all, if you work, if you're working a 10 hour day, 30 minutes is 5% of your day. So you mean to tell me that if you're intentional and you schedule it, that you can't give up 5% of your day to do something that's going to increase your dopamine. Now, I'm not even talking about necessarily that you go into your office and shut your door for 30 minutes and you know scroll through your phone. I'll get to that later. Um, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about how you can double dip. And what I mean by that is if you're out in the school and you're interacting with kids or you're reading a story or you're at the basketball game or you're walking around at recess and lunch, you're still doing your job, but you're doing those things that energize you in your job. But here's the problem. Even though you know that, we don't get to that because we don't schedule that. So what I'm encouraging you to do is pick something that energizes you at school and to schedule it into your day for 30 minutes a day and remind yourself that that is 5% of your day in a 10-hour workday. All right, so that's more dopamine and then less cortisol. First of all, I think it's important that you name it and I'll explain what I mean. If you're feeling really stressed out, This is something that's been a game changer for me over the last couple of years is to just stop and to name it. What is it that I'm feeling right now? Why am I stressed out? Am I stressed out because of that email that I opened from that parent? Um, what, What is it? Because here's the thing. Fight or flight keeps us alive and your brain doesn't know why it's stressed out. It just knows that it's stressed out and it floods the brain with cortisol. And so you're running away from that bear. You're out in the woods. But then... When you get away from the bear, then the cortisol stops flooding your brain. But when you're sitting at your desk and you're super stressed out, your brain is like literally looking around for the bear and it doesn't see the bear. And so it thinks it needs to keep running. And so what I've found is, is that if I just name it either out loud, if I'm by myself or quietly in my head, that sometimes that that will slow things down with the cortisol. Um, just to say I'm stressed about the board meeting tomorrow or I'm stressed about that phone call that I need to make later. You need to identify the stress and it's like identifying that the bear is no longer chasing you and that actually kind of tricks your brain into stopping the flow of cortisol 
into your brain. So more dopamine, less cortisol. And then real quick, I just want to mention the thing that I learned in the past year, a mindfulness practice that really, really has helped me get me back on track when I'm super stressed out. And so again, this is something that you'd probably do in, in your office, maybe with the door shut, um, but you could kind of do it anywhere. But I'll just quickly go over it. So you um, stand, you're sitting, whatever, um, and you're doing some box breathing. And so for me, it's just three deep breaths in and three deep breaths out. And so what you're doing is, is that three deep breaths in, and then you're naming five different things that you see. And so literally, if I'm sitting in my office, I'll see, okay, there's my clock, three breaths in, three breaths out. Okay, there's my keyboard, three breaths in, three breaths out. Um, okay, there's the doorknob on my door, three breaths in, three breaths out. Um, and then, so you go five things that you see and then, and with, and then you, then you close your eyes and then it's four things that you hear, three things that you feel, two things that you smell and one thing that you taste. So again, quickly, it is that you are doing breaths, three breaths in, three breaths out, five things that you see, close your eyes, three breaths in, three breaths out four things that you hear. So I hear the bird outside my window. I hear the fire uh, truck that's going down the street. Um, three things that you feel, the weight of myself sitting in the chair, the sore knee that I have, um, two things that you smell, you know, you smell something from the kitchen um, that's cooking and, and one thing that you taste. And I've found that this is incredibly, incredibly effective. Again, that's just for me. But if you don't have a mindfulness practice, this one's as good as any to start off with to try. I found this to be incredibly, incredibly useful. If I'm really, really stressed out, it takes probably less than two minutes, usually takes about a minute and a half. And I can go from being super stressed out to being much more pulled together. So we're talking about more dopamine, less cortisol. All right. And then we're on to number four. Um, of our eight strategies for feeling less overwhelmed at school. So number four is do a brain dump. So open loops cause stress and feelings of overwhelm. When we have stuff that's on our mind and we're trying to remember, okay, don't forget to do this, don't forget to do that, all of these open loops cause us to feel stressed out and overwhelmed. And there's no way that we can remember everything and get it all done. David Allen wrote a book called Getting Things Done, which is an outstanding productivity book. But he also did a lot of research on the brain. And one of the things that David Allen says is, the brain is great for creative thoughts, but it's a terrible office. In other words, your brain is great for generating ideas, but it's a terrible uh, it, it's a terrible office. It's not great for holding things like file folders or a filing cabinet. It's the brain is terrible at that. And so our brain was never meant to hold on to things, but trying to hold on to things causes us stress. And so I would strongly encourage that you do a brain dump at least once a day, but maybe you, it, if you just want to start out by doing a brain dump once a week and just get it all out, all those things that are in your brain and then just write them all down and then set that list aside and then come back to it a little bit later and then organize that into a task list. And I really challenge you to try that and then see if you're less stressed out afterwards because all of, we don't even realize it, but we're, those things we're holding on to that we're trying to not forget that um, it causes us stress. And then one last thing that's a little bit of a tip that I do 
is if I'm out at recess or I'm walking down the hall and a student or a teacher walks up to me and is like, hey, can you check and see if um, about this certain thing? And I will tell that person, I'll say, send me an email and put that on the subject line. And so I've got everybody trained now because I've been saying that for so long. But the trick of that is, is that then I don't have to, okay, if I'm in the, if I'm at recess, I'm going to bump into probably 12 or 13 different people before I get back to my office. There's zero chance that I'm going to remember the thing that that teacher asked me about. And so I put it back on the teacher or back on the student and they don't mind. They know that that's kind of how I operate. And I'm just like, Hey, I don't want to forget this. Just send me an email and just put that on the subject line. And then what happens is the two different times a day when I schedule myself to look at email, then there it is. And guess what? I'm at my desk and I can do something about that request instead of me forgetting about it or spending the rest of the day being stressed trying to remember that thing that that teacher said at recess and being too embarrassed to go back and ask them what that was. So number four is do a brain dump. And so we're doing the eight ways to feel less overwhelmed at school. Number one, ride the wave of emotion. Number two, revisit your compelling why. Number three, more dopamine, less cortisol. Number four, do a brain dump. And number five, focus only on the next thing. So a long time ago, I heard the reason that lion tamers, we don't see this much anymore at the circus, but back in the day, you'd see a lion tamer and they would have a stool and a whip. And it never occurred to me to wonder why they have a stool. But one year, uh, several years ago, one time I read a story about why. And what it is, is that they would always have a stool with four legs and the lion would look at the stool, at the legs of the stool, and would try to focus on it. And the lion can't focus on more than one thing at a time. And so it would just be all blurry. And that's why the lion didn't attack the lion tamer is because they actually couldn't see the lion tamer. All they saw was this blurry um, beige stool that was you know, not that far from their face. And so you're like, okay, Mark, why are you talking about the circus and stools and lions? Here's the thing. We're the same way. We cannot really focus on more than one thing. Or we try to focus on all the things and we get paralyzed. And we're like that lion where we're just, it's all blurry and we really can't focus on like what to do next. So pretend you're standing at the base of a mountain and you know, you're just standing there and you're looking at this incredibly huge mountain and you just don't even have the energy. You're so overwhelmed that you don't even take a step to try to climb the mountain. Well, it's because the task is so large. And once I read some research about stuffing envelopes and they had a group of people and they brought them in and each table had a thousand envelopes and a thousand uh, flyers, let's say, that they had to fold and stuff the thousand envelopes. And so for the people, one group had this huge pile of envelopes, a thousand of them. But then in a different room, they had tables where everything was organized into piles of 10 envelopes and 10 flyers. And you probably know where this is going. The people who had the envelopes and the flyers stacked into groups of 10 um, were way more productive, way more efficient, and got the task done way more quickly than those folks who had this giant pile of envelopes and a giant pile or stack of flyers. We need to focus on just the next thing. There's a verse in Psalms that I really like. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light 
onto my path. And what that means is, is that when you're walking along a path, it's like holding a lantern. And that the lantern only illuminates about three feet in every direction. And so you have enough light to take the next step. But in life, we want a spotlight where we can shine it down the path and we can see what's happening, what's coming, um, what what's going to be my future. But we really need to just be focusing on taking the next step. And so one of the ways to feel less overwhelmed at school is to focus only on the next thing. Figure out what is the next thing and then focus only on that next thing. Okay, we're getting there. Number six, remember, I just want to pause and remind you that this, uh, I know eight is a lot and I don't want you to feel overwhelmed by the list because my goal for you is to just take one or two strategies from this list so that you can feel less overwhelmed at school. And this list um, is in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 15. And it's all there for you. And again, just listen. And then you could go back and look at those show notes and not have to try to memorize all of this. Okay, number six is to build capacity in people and then delegate. And I have an admission to make. I used to have a misconception about delegating things. I used to think that I could only delegate things to my administrative assistant. And for many years, that was my whole admin team was myself. And I had um, an administrative assistant. And then eventually, as the school grew, um, I got a dean of students and a lower school principal. Um, But, you know, I was just thinking that I could only delegate to people who work for me in an administrative capacity. And I'll come back to why I've changed my thinking about that in a moment. But one of the reasons that I also didn't delegate very much is I used to be a very insecure leader. And I wonder if you're a younger leader or if you're a leader that's new to your school, if you're insecure or if you think that delegating shows weakness and that you just really want to show everyone that work ethic and grit and um, that build that reputation, but that's a recipe for you to be overwhelmed and ineffective. So for example, at our school every year, we take MLK Day on, we don't take the day off. And so this most recent MLK Day, I had some uh, different things that needed to be done, and one of them was a gallery walk for the middle school students. And so instead of working on that myself, I just um, got three teachers who I knew would do a good job with it. I asked them, would you be willing to do this gallery walk, explained what I needed, and they were more than happy to do it, and um, off they went, and then that was handled. Sometimes um, our school goes up to eighth grade, and so sometimes it'll be a seventh or eighth grader that I'll ask um, for help. But here's where I'm going with this. The title of this section is Build Capacity in People and Then Delegate. You need to identify people at your school that might be able to handle a task, especially people that are really organized. And then if they need to build, if you need to build some capacity in that person to be able to do the thing that you want to delegate and then delegate the task. And I can hear what you're saying. You're like, well, Mark, did those teachers get a stipend for doing the gallery walk? Or, you know, if I'm going to delegate someone, you know, everyone at my school is like, they don't want to do anything unless they're getting extra pay for that. Well, You need to decide, um, first of all, it might be worthwhile if you're really overwhelmed and drowning, um, that a small stipend might be something that that needs to be discussed um, with the board 
and the board president, and maybe not this year, but maybe next school year, um, and or uh, maybe these are smaller tasks, and from time to time you ask different people. But I don't want you to get stumbling over the, um, all of the potential obstacles to being able to do this. Well, this will never work at my school. This would never work at my school. Build capacity, identify people, build capacity, delegate a task, let them do it, and then give them a lot of positive feedback, and you will probably be pleasantly surprised. Because here's the thing, if you continue to think, I can do it all, or I can do this by myself, you are going to be overwhelmed, and you are going to burn out, and I don't want that for you. So build capacity in people, and then delegate. So we're talking about the eight ways to feel less overwhelmed at school. Number one, ride the wave of emotion. Number two, revisit your compelling why. Number three, more dopamine, less cortisol. Number four, do a brain dump. Number five, focus only on the next thing. Number six, build capacity in people, then delegate. And number seven is fill your tank daily. Okay, so I have a 35-minute commute um, to school and home from school. And I always say that that's an important time of my day because it lets me turn back into a father and a husband instead of being a principal, especially at the end of the day. And during COVID, when we were all working from home, I was driving my wife and daughters crazy because I would walk in from the dining room into the kitchen and I'm still in my principal mode. And they're like, dad, we know how to load a dishwasher, like go back to the dining room. So you know, when, when you're driving around and you're not really paying attention to your gas tank and you, you get a sensor that goes off and it starts dinging that you have low fuel. Well, we don't have a low fuel sensor in our day and we need to refill our tank daily. And we talked about doing things during the school day that energize you. I encourage you to do something for 30 minutes a day and schedule it so that it happens but what are the things that you can do outside of school? The number one thing is sleep. Almost everyone that's listening to me does not get enough sleep. So to be more intentional about the things that happen, starting earlier, having a routine, and um, getting off of the device a little earlier. I started charging my phone in a different room about a year and a half ago, and that was a real game changer for my sleep. The nutrition, you know, when we're overwhelmed and we're stressed out, we eat more. Um, music, um, you know, I listen to music every morning, um, to get me going, um, in the shower, physical activity. If you work out in the morning or if you go for a walk, when you get home from work, just make a list of the three things that restore you the most outside of school and put at least one of them into your schedule. And I know that that sounds easy or excuse me, that I make it sound easy and that that's really, really difficult because you have so many things going on. I was listing the, all the stuff that you do before at the beginning of this episode, but you're only going to become more depleted. You're only going to become more submerged unless you fill your tank every day. And then I want to tell you one last thing on this point before we wrap it up with number eight. And you're probably not going to want to hear this, but feeling overwhelmed, scrolling on your phone isn't going to make that better because social media, that's curated photos of other people's lives the very best moments of their day or their week and it's not reality and you know funny videos or instagram reels or whatever that's fine if it's a distraction but you have to ask yourself is there something that i could be doing right now that would fill me up more than this so 
spending time with your spouse or your partner or with your kids, um, with going for a walk, um, whatever, reading a, reading a book, whatever it could be. Because for most of us, we can remember a time before we spent time scrolling on our phone. And what did we do with that time? Well, we did things that were probably more meaningful. And I used to be terrible at this. The only reason I'm talking about it now is because I'm better at it than I used to be. But just within the past year, I heard this country song that I liked this line from it. It said, I traded sunsets with my wife for hours on my phone. And that really, you know, struck home with me. And it's like, okay, um, there are things that I can't get back time with my wife, with my daughters. And I just am trying to be more intentional about the things that fill me up and schedule it. And I encourage you to do the same. And then quickly, number eight. Number eight is talk to someone. So you may have an employee assistance program at your school. I've told you before about the employee assistance program and how it, the grief counselor really helped me when um, I had three sisters in three consecutive years that passed away. And then a couple of years ago, my um, 92-year-old father passed away from COVID-19. And the grief counselor has been super helpful. Another uh, private school leader at a school outside of your area. And you're like, well, how the heck am I going to connect with them? Well, through NAIS or ACSI or Prisma or NCEA, whatever your school's uh, organiza leadership organization is that you're a part of, um, they have affinity groups. They have ways for you to connect, even if it's just a directory. Um, and to just have, you know, maybe once a month even, uh, uh, that conversation, even if it's not a mentor-mentee role, but just someone else to talk to that knows um, what you experience. And then also you could email me. Um, I'm good at giving pep talks. Um, it's mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-K dot O dot M-I-N-K-U-S at gmail.com. Um, or someone in addition to your spouse or your partner or your best friend. If that's the person that you vent to or talk to all the time about school stuff, um, they may be fantastic and great listener, but we all know that sometimes that gets to be a lot for that person. And so um, number eight is talk to someone, whether that's employee assistance program, a counselor, another private school leader, or reach out to me. So the big takeaways from today's episode the eight ways to feel less overwhelmed at school. Number one, ride, ride the wave of emotion. Don't get submerged. Get on that surfboard. Acknowledge your feelings, but don't let them turn into habitual ruminating thoughts that are going to pull you down under the water. Number two, revisit your compelling why. Go back to episode one, start listening at six minutes, 34 seconds, and get clear on your strong why, and then write it at the top of your task list every day. Number three, more dopamine, less cortisol. You're going to make a list of a couple of things that bring you joy at school, and then schedule 30 minutes a day to do those things. And you can double dip and do something that gets you visible and out into the school, but it's also something that you really enjoy doing. Also, less cortisol means to identify why you are stressed, to deactivate fight or flight, and to trick your brain into realizing that the bear is no longer chasing you. So to name it um, when it comes to why you are stressed. Number four, do a brain dump. Open loops and loose ends stress us out. Trying to remember things stresses us out. Once a day, do a brain dump. 
of the things that are in your head and then revisit that list later and turn it into a task list. Number five, focus only on the next thing. We often get overwhelmed because of the size of the task or the sheer number of tasks that we have in a day. Identify just the next thing and do only the next thing. Number six, build capacity, then delegate. Identify someone that might be able to do one of your tasks and ask them for help. Number seven, fill your tank daily. Identify three things that fill your tank outside of school and be intentional about doing at least one of those things a day. And number eight, talk to someone. Use your association, your leadership association to connect with a leader at a school outside your region. And the reason it's outside your region is because you don't really want to be confiding in, um, talking with, sharing stories with someone that's a competing school. Maybe you have a great relationship with someone at a competing school in your region, but um, I've always found it better to be a leader outside of your region. And then I always like to give a call to action. And the call to action is something I've said about four times now. I want you to come up with a couple of things that bring you joy at school and schedule 30 minutes a day when you're doing that thing. All right, let's wrap it up. I hope you got value from this episode. This podcast exists to help you thrive and not just survive as you serve the students and teachers at your school. And my goal is to take my 30 years of experience as a private school leader and to tell you about the mistakes that I've made and the things I wish I had known and to try to help you succeed and also to be less overwhelmed. And I've created a free resource for you. It's called the six things that every private school teacher wants from their leader. And this is a six page guide that could really be a game changer for you. And I guarantee if you do even one of these six things, but especially if you do all six, that the teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. And you can pick that up, your free guide, by going to the privateschoolleader.com slash guide. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. I mentioned show notes. You can grab those at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 15. New episode comes out every week on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. I'm on Instagram at the private school leader on Twitter at the PS leader. And please share this with other leaders or aspiring leaders at your school. If you found this podcast episode valuable to you. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. It's a privilege to be able to talk to you. And I so appreciate the amazing work that you're doing at your school and that you took some of your precious time today to listen to this podcast. And I'll see you next time here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember, serve first, lead second, and make a difference.